Hello and welcome back to the Metamystic Show. Today we're going to be talking about the fool. When the fool can't leap, imposter syndrome and how to overcome it. So what happens when we actually do know what we want to do? Because for the past three episodes, we've been talking about like figuring out what your dream is, thinking about what that dream is, trying to put it into action, getting out of these mind traps that we put ourselves into so that we never actually get started on what we want to do. But what happens when we get past all of that? It, it takes a lot to get here, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm going to do something and it's going to be great. I mean, some people... <laughs> Some people just have like sheer confidence. That's not always a good thing that sometimes those are the type of people that um, audition on like The Voice and and they're singing their little hearts out, but maybe they're not that good. So a little imposter syndrome doesn't doesn't hurt anybody from time to time. It's it's good to be um, aware and not tone deaf. Like, we should be doing things that we know we're good at and, you know, love and light. Live your best life, right? (laughs) I'm not here to put a damper on your dreams. I'm sure there's somebody out there that will listen to your EP. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be a dick either. I'm, I'm just saying. Come on, guys. Can we take, can we, can we just, like, be honest here? I'm not good at a lot of things. So if I was out there doing something, like if I was out there like dancing, I'm not the best dancer. If I was out there dancing, then I would want somebody to be like, girl, maybe you should like go into singing instead. It kind of seems like you're better at that. But anyways, 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 anyways. I just had to start off by saying that because imposter syndrome is something for people that are really good at something most of the time, but they feel like they're not, right? This is not like me being nice to you, like, oh, you're so good at that, honey. Why don't you just try that out, sweetheart? Um, it's like while the kid is playing the tuba, and it's like the neighbors are like closing their ears to it, and I'm just like, keep going, sweetheart, it's beautiful, it's amazing, and I'm saying that to you guys. You're not children. Maybe if you were a child, I would encourage in that regard, but we're not children today. And I'm not going to pacify people into their delusions. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> Chris Reckoy says it's tough love with Steve. What, 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 is my, what is my alter ego? Somebody give me one. <laughs> my middle name is Sue. So maybe it's, maybe it's tough love with Sue. All right. <laughs> this is tough love with Sue today. And my grandmother's name is Sue. And... Trust me, she gave me some tough love, so it's probably, it's probably good. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be right back. Is this better? All right, when I'm saying this, I'll wear a funny frog hat. Does that help anybody? Imposter syndrome is for people who are actually good at something. Okay? So that's that's who I'm here to encourage today. I'm not here to like feed delusions. <laughs> what I'm what I'm here to talk about is is people that feel like they truly either can't do something out of insecurity. Um, like for example, people would rather die than public speak. There was a study done that showed this that. People, when they were asked, they would rather die than public speak. So, for example, I'm somebody who, for for many, many, many years, I've been talking online forever, right? But I had to really practice when it came to more, like, intimate settings. Like, it's different to talk to a camera 
This is just an example. Than it was for me to stand in front of a group of people and talk. Totally different thing. Why? Well, because those people are all staring at me and I'm picking up their energy and I'm picking up their thoughts, right? People who are very empathic, like you and me, most likely, because if you're on this channel, you're probably very empathic. Many of you are HSPs, highly sensitive people, right? Where it's it's like a supernatural skill. It's not just like, hmm, that person has a frowny face, so they must not like me. It's like, no, you're somebody has a poker face, but you're picking up their thoughts, their frequency, their negative intention towards you, whatever, right? Anyways, it's much different. For example, this is this is an example of imposter syndrome. I'm literally sitting here on my own podcast talking to you right now. But if you were like, hey, Misty, come give a talk in front of 400 people tomorrow, I'd be like, uh, maybe I need to practice a little more uh, b b before I do that. But then again, that's something I'm working towards. That's just a, a very honest example in my life. I want to go around the country and give talks. So I got to get I got to get moving just as much as you got to get moving. I take my own medicine. All right. I don't just come out here and, and say, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should do that because it sounds good. I'm sh I'm sharing like the very medicine, let's use that, that I give to myself on a daily freaking basis, all right? Imposter syndrome is for people who are already good at something or really, really like to do something. Even if you're not the best in show, even if you're like fourth best, 17th best, right? Say there's 100 people running a race and you come in 17th. That's pretty damn good, right? And even if you come in 100th, all right? I put tough love with Sue away, I guess, today. <laughs> even if you come in 100, you know what? I will, I will stop and say that those people who do go on The Voice... And they're not so great. Those clips usually go viral. So they're still getting attention. It might not, they might not be the winner of the show. But there's somebody who went for it. So that is my one caveat to what I said. If you're willing to put yourself out there, even if you are literally like hundreds in the race, that's still better. But my point with saying all of this is that we get stuck being politically correct when we could all just be honest with ourselves. What are you already good at? I talked on this in my last episode. What are you already good at? Think about it. Because every single person has a couple things, right? Oh, well, I'm, I'm good at taking care of my pets. I love my pets. Absolutely. Wonderful. Great start. It doesn't have to be like a creative thing. That is creativity. Like the fact that you love animals, that is a, not everybody loves animals. Some people are freaking abusive towards animals. Maybe it's part of your purpose to help save the freaking animals. I saw this like really sad live stream on TikTok the other night. And it was just, this guy sets up the, this camera at like a homeless shelter for dogs. And all the dogs are all like scraggly and they're just like sleeping outside at night. It's really sad. So thank you for those of you who do take care of animals. All right, now that we have cleared off and cleared out all of the offendables, the people that do not live in the real world and are living in a fantasy world, now we have the people left who I'm actually talking to. The people who have real imposter syndrome. I can't believe that I really have to like define, spend the first 10 minutes defining this, but I do because we live in a, a really, really... <laughs> 
PC world where you can't say anything and you can't do anything and you can't be anything. It's just like, all right, guys, I'm talking to the people who are already good at something and who are struggling with that, struggling with performing that song, struggling with starting that podcast, struggling with writing that book, whatever it is for you. Those are just things that I do. So those are all things that I struggle with. I want to talk a little bit about um, my own experience so that you can apply it to yours with this full energy here. And I'm sorry there's this big spot here. My cuticle oil <laughs> spilled all over my fool. So I was like, all right, he got, he got anointed by the Holy Spirit. Now he's ready to go. All right, so since I was a child, I have... I shouldn't say I've played music, but I've written music since I was a kid. I used to, and, and this is a way that you can know that you're meant to be doing something because I do believe that the things that we do when we're children or the things that we're interested in, or at the very least, the patterns that we hold in childhood will translate to our destiny, purpose, if you don't like those terms, just things that will enhance the world, things that will bless the world, things that will change the world, I believe. I do believe beauty will change the world. I believe art changes the world. I believe your voice changes the world. I believe you sharing that poem changes the world, right? So anyways, a way that you can kind of think about what your talents are, and then we're going to get further into the imposter syndrome issue. Um, so back to my music. When I was a child, I would literally just like rock back and forth and stand in front of the TV and just sing along with the music on the TV when I was like two years old. So it went from that to singing in the car. It went from that to having my my mom's Walkman on my ears all the time and singing and singing and singing. <laughs> I just got a comment that said, you are my people. You're my people too. Love you guys. Thanks for, thanks for being on the channel. For those of you listening on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I'd love to have you subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Metamystic. So... It went from that to then writing my own stuff. When I was probably eight years old, I started writing my own music and I would use my dad's old fashioned tape recorder. I'd put in the blank cassette tape and I would record myself singing still to this day. And I wish I had it on hand and I don't know where I put it, but I have this little cassette that says Missy's songs written on it with like handwriting from when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> so anyways, my point with saying all that is like, these are things that I just have naturally done. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't um, actively work on our talents because we should. Like, if you are good at something, we should always get better. This story is coming to my mind, and I think it's from the book Skip the Line. I got so much wisdom from that book. Um, but anyways, <laughs> there's a story in there where he's talking about a guy who plays chess, right? And he and this guy, he. He's good, but he's not like professional level. And when the guy lost the match, he was like, hey, um, I don't really care. You know, I, I don't really care that I lost. Uh, it's not a big deal. I'm just doing it for fun. But then, but then his point in the book was, but what are you, are you just saying that because you you secretly wish I'm sorry guys that I'm like I'm like botching the story because <laughs> it just came to me out of nowhere it's the point of it basically is he's questioning the guy like are you just kind of like overcompensating for your limitations because you actually secretly wish you were better and his point in the book is get better if you want to get better get better Right? Like, if I want to get better at guitar, I need to practice more. I need to play more. 
right? Like I need to try different sorts of music and I, I do those things, but not as much as I'd like to. So my point is, is that we don't just like, you know, my, my sun and my moon are, um, what is it called? Trined. So, and I heard Chris Reck talk about this, that when you have trines in your chart, you can be good at stuff, but you kind of get lazy with it um, because it's natural to you. That could maybe be why, for example, with music for me, where it's kind of just been like something that's always been in the background, like I didn't really get professional training for it. I, I went to guitar lessons a few times. I've never had singing lessons or anything. I come from a very musical family. Both my parents play instruments. My dad is a singer and a really talented pianist. Um, But regardless, my mom plays guitar. And I grew up singing at church, um, part of choir, all that stuff. But my point is, with that chess story, it's like, if we are good at something, we should take it seriously. Like, don't take yourself so seriously that it's not fun anymore. But it is okay for us to want to better ourselves. So that's part of just like my personal journey with music, for example. Now I want to go a little bit further because... Be thinking in your mind of what your thing is. And you can have multiple, but try to just keep to one for now. Because for me, music was always something that people said I was good at. And it was always something that people liked. Like I used to just post covers on my Facebook back in the day and people would always comment on it. I've had multiple YouTube channels where I played covers and my own songs. I've sent people EPs through the years, like in the mail, lo-fi, burned onto a CD. People have asked me for my music. Like it's not just me in my fantasy world thinking I'm good at something. Um, it's, it's something that I have like tangible evidence and proof and it's not just people being nice. It's like people actually liking what I have to offer. So think about something for yourself. Another one of those things for me has been writing. Um, there's a couple stories that I have in my head and the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this, it's one, one, one right now, by the way, manifest your dreams, magician. I have... (laughs) It sounds funny the way I'm saying this, but have some proof in your mind. This is what can help combat, and we're going to get deeper into it with the Seven of Pentacles. These are my two cards for today. So we're going to get into the Seven of Pentacles more, but... And then I also have a clip that I'm going to play after this on how to deal with trolls. So stay tuned for that. I also have a song that I wrote at the start of this channel called The Fool. It's one of the first songs that I put out. Um, Well, it's one of the first videos that I put out on the Metamistic channel. So I'm playing that at the end of this episode as well. So stay tuned for both of those things. But let me get back to this. Have some tangible proof that you are good at something. Have some evidence in your head. And it's better if it doesn't come from your parents. If it comes from your parents, that's okay. Um, But try to think of evidence and proof for why you're good at something. Um, And I'm going to give an example about my writing. Okay, so quick recap. So far, we have talked about let yourself be honest with yourself Are you actually good at something? Okay, we're going to get into how you can tell. Like I started off joking about people who have this almost false inflated sense of confidence for lots of different reasons, you know. And again, I'm really not trying to be rude with that, but you guys know what I'm saying. I'm talking to people who actually have a skill and they just have imposter syndrome today. So we covered that. We talked a little bit about like a personal example for me with my music and now I want to get into how you can begin to combat 
this imposter syndrome. Okay, so have some proof. And really, Seven of Pentacles could be looked at as proof. Like, he's grown these pentacles. Like, he has them right in front of his head. He's not just thinking about these pentacles, wondering about these pentacles. He has these seven pentacles here, right? He's just stuck in this analysis paralysis thinking about if what he has is good, if it's good enough, if he wants to continue growing what he's growing or if he wants to make a change. So that's kind of where we're at now. Now, this this is how we decipher if we're really good at something and it's just imposter syndrome getting in the way. Have some proof. Seven of Pentacles. Let's talk about proof. For for me, Again, let's go back to early childhood. I remember, I think I was about like, maybe I was eight years old. I started writing poetry around the same time that I was really, really interested in music. I remember specifically that I had a big book like this that my Grammy gave me, Sue, <laughs> for Christmas. And it was, I remember it so clearly. It was this beautiful hardcover marble blue um book and I remember that I wrote this poem in it and I read it in front of my whole family I might have even been like seven regardless I started writing poetry then I started writing short stories like I remember and we're gonna get further into because this is just me saying oh these are things I like to do right I liked to write, I liked to sing, doesn't necessarily mean I'm good at it. And I'm say, I'm going through this process with you so that we can get out of this imposter syndrome. Because for the most part, if you have stuck with something for like 15, 20 freaking years, you're probably good at it or at least average. But most of the time, that thought does not combat imposter syndrome. It's not strong enough to overcome the imposter syndrome. That, that's what this episode is. When the fool can't leap, you're already the fool. You know what I'm saying? You already have the talents. You already have what you, what you got in your little bag here in order to take over the world. But why don't we leap because of imposter syndrome? So let's talk about how to over overcome it. Have some evidence, have some proof. I was a writer for years. I started writing short stories and I like would illustrate those stories with pictures and I'd staple them together and I'd like give them to people in school. I would write these little short stories with, I'd draw out pictures and I'd like pass the notes to my friends. Um, I, I really wrote po poetry deeply. <clears throat> Shameless plug for my merch and also for my still COVID cough that I'm still getting over. Okay. All right. <laughs> Would love for you guys to buy merch. Um, I'm actually, some samples are coming in within the week that I got made up. Um, I'm gonna have some new merch coming through. I just wanna make sure everything looks good before I put it on my site. So etsy.com slash shop slash the metamistic to support the show that way. Love you guys, thank you. So in middle school, I started writing a lot of poetry. Like that was one of the main ways that I was able to process my feelings at that time. Because, you know, I was an emo kid, of course. Um, I, I was in my, like, black hoodies from Hot Topic with my wristbands and, you know, <laughs> like, the paper clip through the ear and everything. So, anyways, um, that I wrote poetry. I wrote short stories. I journaled a lot. I wrote a lot in my journal. I actually have a box a huge box of journals that I just put in my office at my new house from all the years of my journals that I have saved. There's got to be, I don't know, 50 of them maybe. Anyways, um, these days I, I, I like to try to keep it more digital because I can't lug that stuff around forever. Um, but my point with saying that is like I started writing poetry, short stories, journaling which is just kind of like memoir um and I would always 
do really well with essays specifically in English classes that I had through the years and I'm, I'm getting to something I'm not just I'm not just gabbing about this for no reason I'm saying this as an example for you think way back think childhood middle school high school college what what was going on what what was, what was up with you you know what 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 was happening Let's think back on it and not just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what my talents are. You know what your talents are. Think about it. You know what I mean? All right. Seven of Pentacles is a card of thinking, right? So that's what we're doing right now at the Seven of Pentacles. When I specifically, when I was in ninth grade, my English teacher um, had us write a poem, um, at this time and I wrote a poem that was about like all of the kids in my class I went to a private Christian school for ninth and 10th grade so I had a really small class there were only 12 kids in my ninth grade class and I loved it I, that was one of the best times of my life actually was ninth and 10th grade um so I wrote this poem and all the kids in my class I had kind of personified and I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest with you. And before this, I was homeschooled. So I didn't have really any back and forth contact about my work. I kind of just taught myself everything because my mom was so busy with the other kids. There's, well, now there's three, but there's there was four in my family. Sorry, that's really like hard. I just realized like, what I'm talking because for those of you who don't know my brother Mitch my younger brother he was only 26 he died um in April um of an OD so yeah anyways it's just one of those things where it's like I've always said that there's four kids in the family um but he I literally have conversations with him like he has come to me in dreams he has come to me like I have spoken to him from the other side um, and I'll, I'll talk about that sort of stuff on another episode probably to, to help um, people walk through grief of losing a loved one. Um, but I'm still processing it myself. When I, when I feel more confident to speak about it, I will. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, I love you, Mitch. <laughs> Rock on, brother. He was, he was one of my closest friends. He was an amazing guy. Um, but when I was homeschooled, I, I wrote essays like like water, right? I just wrote and wrote and wrote, no problem, just would, would write them. But I didn't really have any feedback. So when I was in ninth grade and I was in school, um, and my teacher took me aside and literally said, your poem was so good that I actually gave it to the principal to read. And the principal called me into his office, a real stern guy, like he was not a lovey-dovey guy at all, so he would not be mincing words. And he put this little post-it on the front of my poem with some sort of like really sentimental phrase, you know, just saying how how talented I was. Um, that was that was proof number one. It also helped that I loved my English teacher, Miss Maz. She was just an amazing lady. Um, I had her for two years. And throughout that time, she really encouraged my writing. You know, she really spoke to me about it multiple times and told me how much potential I had and how talented of a writer that I was. And she would leave little notes on my essays. So that's proof number one. And think about something like that for you. Think about a teacher. It could be a parent, but sometimes our brands can be like, yeah, but my mom is the one who said I was talented. Of course, she's my mom. So that's why I'm saying, if possible, try to think of an experience that's outside of your parents from telling you like you are talented at something. For me, it was Miss Maz, my ninth grade English teacher, um, who continuously encouraged my writing. And through the years, people did. Like I would write things on like my Facebook and people would comment on it. I would I would share I would give poems to my friends that I wrote for them for their birthdays. 
Um, my father always talked about how good of a writer that I was. Again, it's my father, though. Um, friends will be nice to you um, as well. So anyways, I'm not, I'm not trying to like... I'm not trying to be too much of a hard ass on this stuff. I'm just saying... I don't know about you guys, but my brain is freaking relentless. Like, I could be like, yeah, but this person said that I was good at this. And then my brain will be like, yeah, but that's your dad. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, maybe you guys don't have as a critical brain like I do. I'm a Virgo stellium. So <laughs> I also am a Gemini midheaven. So I got a lot of Mercury go going on up here. Maybe you guys are not as neurotic as me. That I have to literally have debates in my mind to prove my self-worth to myself. Maybe you're not like me, but that's, you know, that's who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> if you're not this far on the neurotic scale, maybe you're more in the middle, then I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad for you. <laughs> but let me get back to this. A second example was years later in college, and I ended up dropping out of college, <laughs> But anyways, I've never lived like a normal life. I've had a very alternative life anyways. But in college, not my English 101, but the next the, the next English class that I was in, I had the most amazing professor. Her name's Professor Labella. She was involved with theater. A, a real like fun lady, real artsy, real... A, a character like I just loved her right and this this was like pure writing this class like she we would come and sit down and there would be a prompt up on the um, projector and we would just write silently and we would have to just turn that work in raw. Like we didn't have any time to edit it. We didn't have any time to think about what we wrote. We wrote and then we handed it in. And then there were multiple times where we would read the things that we wrote. And um, so let me start here. She had been a professor for 25 years, um, seen a lot of students in her day. She took me and two other kids aside after class and she said, I just wanted to take you three aside because you are the best writers in this class and I want to just take a minute to encourage you basically that you three are my top writers in this class and that was of course very meaningful to me. Now probably I don't know like uh, probably like the middle of the semester she took me aside privately after class and she talked to me about the fact that I was a very talented writer and she said to me in all of my 25 years of teaching you are one of the best writers that I have come across. Um, and she said, when I'm in the old folks home and I'm sitting on it, she's very theatrical lady. <laughs> I loved her. Oh my God. Corinna LaBella is her name. She said, when I'm, and she did the, the voice and everything, when I'm old and I'm sitting out on my, my porch at the old folks home, I'm going to see your name. And I'm going to say, that Missy Gordon, she was my student. <laughs> so anyways, again, not necessarily a nice lady. Um, so I, I also take that stuff into account. Is somebody just being nice or are they kind of like somebody that's hard to win over? <laughs> See, because my mind does that as well. Like, oh, maybe they're just nice. But no, it was Miss Maz and then my professor Labella in college. And she was not like, like I said, she was she wasn't nice. She wasn't like the type of person that would have just said that. She said in my 25 years of teaching, you're one of the best writers that I've come across. And she said that to me multiple times. And so ex that's an example of proof that I know in my head that I've had two English teachers through the years tell me a similar thing that I'm a good writer. 
Same with my music. I've had many experiences that have given me evidence and proof of that. So think in your head. Think about the proof that you have to help you combat this imposter syndrome. Think about the times that people said you were good at something. And this is something that Chris Reck also talks about in his Dent program. Not exactly as I just said it, but the premise is the same. He he has us think about the things that we were told that we're good at. And I thought about these two instances in my head about, about writing. So I'd, I'd love for you guys to join Dent chrisrec.com backslash dent to join our little group over there and I shouldn't say little it's a world-changing gigantic group bigger than Tony Robbins bigger than (laughs) because you know I really do believe in it and I I've already gotten a lot out of being a part of it and it really helps to be part of a group again like I was part of a couple things like this in my past When it came to business, I was also involved with copywriting in my past as well. I'm not a great copywriter. I decided to move on from that. But my point with saying that is being a part of a business group really helped keep me on track. And if you guys are looking to really like actually put your dreams into practice, I would go with Chris Rex program because it, it it truly does help you when you have a group of people around you and he he has a weekly call where we all meet together on zoom and we kind of go over what we learned in the course and and talk about the things that we're doing so I do really believe in it um and I just I also just want to support Chris because of all the things that he's helped me with Um, I want to always give credit where credit is due. And he's one of those people along my path that have been like pivotal to my mindset. Like I literally listen to his readings when I'm on the treadmill in the morning and it helps me to like, I don't know, just hearing his voice. Like even if he wasn't doing a reading and he was just talking, where's that podcast at Chris Reck? (laughs) Even if it's, it's those people that just like, even just their voice, it like, reminds you who you are again so have those people as well that's part of that's part of what can help you get out of this imposter syndrome as well is getting around other people they don't have to be exactly the same as you they can just be people that are also living their dream they're taking the leap themselves they're a fool as well they're a fool taking a leap or they're a fool that's trying to take a leap in a direction and like being around them can inspire you to be a better version of you so that would be the final thing that I have to say um, um, on top of having evidence from other people that you're good at something have other people around you that are trying to do the same things as you or similar things all right guys thank you for being here again buy my merch if you want to support this podcast this show links down in the description also if you want to donate so that I can buy a new camera and better lighting and a better microphone and update my stuff here Um, Thank you so much for those of you who consider supporting me in that way as well, as well as liking, subscribing, sharing, commenting, YouTube currency as we know. Thank you all for being here and I'm going to play this clip of me talking about trolls and how to deal with them because when we are... When we have gotten over this imposter syndrome, it's like we finally get over the imposter syndrome and we're finally taking the leap and we're finally living our dream and we're doing the hard work that it takes to continue. And then, of course, trolls are going to come in and try to break you down when you've finally gotten over your own trolling. Trolls are going to come out of the woodwork and try to knock you down and even if it is just projection at the end of the day that's also something that we need to think about and consider so I'm gonna play a clip it was just me out on my porch just talking to my phone so I don't have my good microphone I'm sorry for that it's not the best sound but the content is there and it's something that I recorded a few days ago because I'm dealing with this present day I am doing 
the things that I am trying to do right now, like the things that I've been trying to take the leap on for a while, I finally took the leap two years ago. And recently I've been getting more attention on my TikTok. And of course that that brings in all sorts of people, right? So I want to talk a little bit about that. And then finally, at the end of the episode, I have my song called The Fool that I'd love for you guys to hear. Much love, everybody. I'll see you on the next episode. I love you all. This is my advice on how to deal with trolls. So look at what the trolls are saying. And I know that most people would actually say, don't do that. Like, just ignore it. And and I agree with that. I agree with that as a, as a response of your heart chakra, like of your heart don't actually like take it to heart what they're saying detach which is the step one detach from what's being said and look at it from the outside in what is the content of what you're of what they're saying to you so <laughs> um i i have two consistent trolls on my tiktok now that comment regularly there's one in particular that consistently comments on the fact that i'm reading the cards wrong they will pick they will pick apart which is honestly kind of funny because i'm thinking to myself like when i record these tiktoks i do like a bunch of them at once um so anyways i think it's actually in a strange way makes me feel um like, wow, somebody took the time to actually pick that apart because it was just kind of a, like a quick um, video just to get the message out. But anyway, so so that's one thing to notice as well. The fact that trolls are actually taking the time to pick apart what you are saying and what you are doing, <laughs> that's that's more attention than I get from from some people in my life, to be honest with you. So... <laughs> Okay, so that's that's number one. The, the fact that they're even giving you attention. Remember, this is from a detached state. This is not a, like, heart space, like, you know what I'm saying? This is not that deep. Okay. Number one, they're even putting that much attention into you. That just, that alone, even if we take everything that I'm about to say next out of it, that alone is proof of the opposite side of the coin, two to two when I said that, of the energy. And this is what I mean by that. I'm not trying to get super complicated. Misty, stay to the point. This was supposed to be a one minute short and now I'm doing a whole whole freaking spiel. All right. <sighs> Damn, my, my fucking triple mercury that I got going on in my chart. I actually ha I think I, I think I have four mercury placements. Yeah, I do. Okay, the other side of the coin. Anytime there's an extreme of anything, like having a troll, that means there's always going to be an other side of that coin. So there's this is this is the troll side of the coin right here. Okay, so what's the other side of that coin looking like? Right, it's the exact opposite to that. It's admiration. It's respect. It's it's always if that extreme exists in one polarity, you will always every time have it in the opposite polarity. So if somebody's bullying you, making fun of you, three through three as I'm saying this because you're an empress probably, there's always gonna be the opposite side of that coin, right? Again, so number one, you're getting attention, period. That means what you're doing is getting attention. I looked at, I clicked on my one of my trolls' um, profiles on TikTok because they, they were posturing themselves as a tarot expert and telling me to learn the cards, and they pick apart. They pick apart every single card that I read and say, like, for example, that's not what the three of wands means. It means this. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe they have like a tarot um, TikTok or something. So I click on it. Nothing about tarot. They're not a tarot reader. 
Um, so right there, that just, that's curious, right? Take this in your life where it applies. It's like, if it was a tarot expert, I would be like, okay, let, let's, I'll listen. I will listen for, for a moment and see what the person has to say. I respect people. 444, as I'm saying this, emperor, I, as emperor to emperor, absolutely, let's have a conversation. Because I'm open to somebody being more intelligent than me. I actually invite that into my life. I'm, I'm always, like, posturing myself to the universe, and I'm saying all this for you. I posture myself to the universe with my heart chakra open, looking for mentors, looking for answers, looking for truth. And let's, let's calm down, Missy. If it's a troll, if it's a true mentor, they're not going to come criticizing you. Anyone who's a true teacher and a true mentor does not use criticism to condemn their students. So... Off the bat, that's not going to be the case nine times out of ten. But there's going to be that rare time every so often. Like, take this for example, right? I clicked on the guy's page to see what he was about, right? No tarot cards, low amount of followers. Just because somebody has a low follower count doesn't mean they're not qualified. So again, I take the benefit of the doubt one more step. Because say, for example, there is a tarot expert. Let's just, let's just say this was an older woman trolling me, right? Say she's had a tarot business for 30 years. Now, if she's a little bit older, maybe she doesn't necessarily know how to, like, run her TikTok, you know, there's there's plenty of people who are who are older who are awesome at running their technology. So shout out to you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> but for for just to follow the cliche for a moment, say that Jan, my my new troll, maybe she only has forty five followers on her TikTok, but she might actually be a tarot expert, right? And she has her tarot practice that she's been working on for years and years. But again, to go back to that, what I was saying before, if somebody is a true mentor, a true teacher, they don't chastise their students with correction that breaks people down. It's correction that builds people up. It's It would be saying, like, Missy, may I offer the fact that I have 40 years of experience in tarot, and the Three of Wands actually is closer to this definition than the one that you gave. And I would be like, you know what, Jan? Hey, absolutely. I, I will put that in my pocket. Thank you for commenting. That was not the case here. And this is not a video for me just to t talk about my trolls. I'm, I'm making this as an example for how I deal with trolls. This is not my first rodeo. Back when I had my ministry channel, the trolls became so bad um, on that channel that it was to the point where, like, it was becoming true harassment. I actually ha had multiple stalkers as well um, in old email that I had to shut down. Um, there was a man that was convinced that he was, like, gonna marry me and stuff, and he just sent me all this stuff, like, every single day, and it became kind of, like, threatening. So, anyways, weird crap can happen on the internet, and I'm not trying to scare you guys. I'm just saying, if you are wanting to build what you're doing online this message is is really specifically for content creators but even if you're not a content creator and you're just being like bullied on your instagram or something this message is also for you so let's let's get back to it okay let's cycle back around point number one you're getting attention period like we started off with what does that mean it means that you're getting attention even if it's negative, like, and I don't mean attention, like, like a, a try hard, like looking for attention. I mean, you have eyes on you, you have eyes on your work, even if it's negative, that's more than most people are getting. And usually if you click on a troll's profile, they will not have 
success and I'm not trying to be rude if they do have success that's when we take pause and we look deeper into it and we think oh is this person actually somebody that I can learn from I would honestly go as far as to say like eight times out of ten that's not going to be the case because if some again if somebody was really a teacher or a mentor they would not approach you that way to be honest with you, uh, teachers and mentors don't necessarily go scoping for students anyway. Usually, it's it's like that quote, um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. It's more like you appear to them. Like, they're the mentor. You're going to be appearing to them. They're not really going to be appearing to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Point number two, it's that other side of the coin. If you're getting negative attention... If you are getting people who are bullying you, who are criticizing you, who are saying mean things to you, and then on the more extreme version are harassing you or stalking you even, there's always going to be the opposite side of that. People who admire you, people who respect you, people who look up to you, people who love you, people who want to emulate you, people who want to like learn from you, okay? Now, the final thing that I want to talk about when it comes to trolls is how do you, like, how do you deal with when they become consistent? Because I have two that are consistent. There's the guy that comments on every card meaning. Then there's another girl that um, insults, use, it uses, like, true insults against me. And I'm not doing this to highlight these people. I'm using, I'm actually using them as, as a good teaching example. Um, so, you know, it's funny. You can take anything in life and um, use it as a, as a paint color. You know, it's like there, there's, there's a whole, um, there, there's a whole, spectrum of color and you're holding the paintbrush and the universe is just sitting there smiling thinking what are they gonna do what are they, what are they gonna do with that color now what what are they gonna do with that insult what are they gonna do with that compliment what are they gonna do with with that stress what are they gonna do with that achievement what are they gonna and they're just they're just looking like a proud parent watching to see what you're gonna do so I like to detach that's step one if you don't detach this is going to be too painful because it's going to it's it's going to remind you random ass person off of the internet the internet that you don't know from adam is going to remind you of your father issues it's going to remind you of the kids that bullied you and called you fat in middle school <coughs> it's going to remind you of the fact that you never measured up to this parent it's gonna you know you were never good enough for this ex um, it's gonna, it's gonna connect to inner child wounds and other issues that have nothing to do with any of this, right? So what we gotta do when we first get hit in the nuts with those comments, retract, retreat, pull away, detach. And we sit there for a moment and we think to ourselves, Number one, we're getting attention. That means you're on your path. That means you're doing what you're doing. Okay, number two, if you're getting negative attention, there's always the other side of the coin. And then finally, what I want to close with is the fact that you are getting these trolls. <laughs> it just... And I kind of already said this, but this is like one kind of like offshoot. It just solidifies your cause even further, right? Because if you find yourself on the side of the majority, if you find yourself only being liked, then it's time to pause and reflect. Because if you're saying, and I'm combining quotes of, of famous people, if you're, if you're only liked, then you are not being your authentic self. If you are being your authentic self, you are going to cause polarity every single time. And I'm not saying go out there trying to pick a fight necessarily unless it's something important like you're standing up against racism or homophobia or something like that that deserves 
something that deserves that level. You know what I'm saying? But but I'm talking about just going out there just with your regular personality, who you are, me sitting here with my, my prayer meditation scarf, right? This is just me literally sitting here before I'm about to go film your readings. I'm about to do air signs. This is just my regular everyday life, right? You know, this is not me. But it's funny because somebody would look at this video and, and have a hundred things to say about how they disagree with it and, and whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it, and, and to me, you know what that, that does? It gives me this, 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 um, this checkpoint, this marker. It, it's, uh, Southern Baptists call it, I got a check in my spirit. Praise the Lord. I got a check in my spirit. And what that means, <laughs> what that means is that it's like you, you got this, like, this wake-up call, this checkpoint, this, like, good, I'm on the right path. When you have people who hate you, or you have people who are making fun of you, or, or criticizing, oh my god, okay, this is, the, this is what I was gonna say, thank you, spirit, okay, Th this is my real closing point, alright, I knew, I knew there was something off about that, this, this is my real closing point is when you detach, and I'm almost done, I'm almost done, y'all. For those of you who have listened this far, thank, thank, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you. You only get 17 minutes on that thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. When you detach, and you, this is what I was starting off with, and this is honestly my most important point. The other stuff was more just the emotional, psychological aspect on how you deal with the trolls, because it is emotionally painful, right? It, you know, we're human beings, even if we are doing great things in the world and stuff. Of course, it hurts your feelings if somebody literally says to you, why are you listening to this person? They don't know what they're talking about, Okay. Now, now that we've done all that other stuff, now we zone in on the content. What are the people saying? What are they criticizing in you? Right? And look at it. Because in both cases, and I will just air my dirty laundry here. Because I don't care, because I work through this stuff every single day. So it doesn't matter if people know my weaknesses. Oh, they're going to use your weaknesses against you. I work on this every single day, so in fact, that would just be more, uh, that would be a sparring partner for me just to continue to work up my, my confidence even further. One of my biggest insecurities is the fact that I feel, and it's from early childhood, it's, it's, it's many, it's from narcissistic abuse, it's, it's from, um, you know, dealing with my self-harm that I did for 17 years, the addictions that I've overcame, um, you know, just the negative self-talk to the point of where I wanted to unalive myself, right? Just quick synopsis of my, of my freaking life story there. My biggest insecurity is the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about, that, you know, somebody insulting my intelligence, somebody coming from my mind, somebody saying that, I don't know what I'm saying, basically, that you know what, I'm, what I mean by that. Just somebody coming from my mind. Like, somebody can criticize my look. Somebody can, you know, that's all relative, right? But when it comes to inte my intelligence, um, that's something that has, that hurts really bad, right? Because, you know, I've spent my entire life being a student of life and that that to me is is my my biggest skill is my knowledge base my my love of learning my ability to teach information that i that i've learned on a personal level and then turn it back out to others and try to make it as practical as possible so that people can actually apply it to their lives and not just let it be some some philosophical notion that sounds good in a book and then they don't know how to actually apply it to their everyday life so that's how I posture myself in the world so when people hit me in the nuts like that on that point of course it's still gonna hurt but this is my point that's my insecurity funny that both of those trolls both of them that are consistently attacking my intelligence and that I don't know what I'm talking about. So look at, and that's my point for you, look at what those trolls are saying to you. Are they attacking your appearance? Are, are they calling you fat? Or are, they, or are they attacking your confidence? Are they saying they're not all that? Who do they think they are? 
Are they attacking the fact that you uh, don't have a lot of money? Oh, look at them with their with their fake Rolex. They think they're this and they're that. Pfft, what a loser. What are they attacking? Look at it. Because what they're attacking is mirroring back to you a place, a wound, an open wound that people... And it's not really people, it's, you know, principalities, it's, it's darkness, it's entities, it's, it's higher intelligence, far beyond what human beings are doing. They're just, they're just projecting on, let's use psychological terms for the human side of it, they're just projecting onto you their own insecurities, because you're bringing it up in them, you looking good is making them feel bad, essentially, but let's go one layer deeper, because I do believe there are energy that are actually pulling the strings and sadly those trolls that are attacking you are actually just pawns they're not the ones who you're fighting against you're actually fighting against the higher intelligence that can see into your soul and knows what your weaknesses are you know how people say like an animal can smell fear it's like those entities can smell that on you they can smell that you know, somebody has an insecurity about their looks. They can smell that somebody has an insecurity about their intelligence. They can smell that somebody has, right? So they're just using people to get to you, right? So in a sense, we can look at these trolls as just a mirror, right? Um, it's just the universe giving us another chance to grow, right? Um, reminding us the work that we still have to do. And my point with saying that is be brave to look at the content of the of the insult. What is it bringing up in you, right? And then look at that, t detach from it. Just let the people be faceless and nameless and look at it as something that you can continue to work on in yourself. I went over my 17-minute TED Talk, so my phone had to cut me off. I love you guys. <laughs>
stardust in my eyes and every single time I cry a little I travel this road a thousand times with stardust in my eyes and every single time I cry a I cry a little I traveled this road a thousand times with stars